everybody welcome to another episode of covid convos where we have real conversations with real people about well-being in the time of a pandemic my name's simon i've got uh, my fellow hosts here tonight as well kesh how are you buddy doing all right man doing all right good good to see you again and the great grigsy the great grigsy thank you that's uh that's a nice change <laughs> feels so left out now feels so left out this rolled off the tongue i don't know why i've got to come up with something for cash but uh cash for conqueror. i don't know cool cash maybe and uh we've got a special guest tonight louise tidman hi louise the legendary hi. louise hello <laughs> hi so good to be with you and thank you for inviting me Ah, oh, it's a pleasure. Great to see you, and great to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. You too. It's been some, been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah. Um, Louise, can you just take a, a couple of minutes, maybe, to introduce yourself to um, our listeners or viewers who, who probably aren't aware of you, and um, yeah, just explain a bit about your background. Yes. Well, I'm uh, Louise Sidman. I recently became a doctor uh, because I have. Um, studied and really do study well-being among children and adolescents and my background is I'm from Denmark I live in Denmark I'm currently also in Denmark <laughs> and um, I worked as a teacher teaching from the first grade till 10th grade for about 15 years and then I became very very interested in in what factors actually make a difference in how children cope and how adolescents cope with um, obstacles and just, you know, from being turned down to be part of a game or a play uh, to actually adversity on a greater level. And so that really became interesting for me around, uh, well, about 10 years ago in 2010. And uh, then I started um, studying educational psychology, took my master's in educational psychology. And doing that, I uh, started studying positive psychology. This was like in the early days of positive psychology and where most of the studies done with interventions, uh, strength-based or happiness-enhancing factors based on Sonia Lyubomirsky and and Fredrickson and, and you know all the great people in the field um, had mostly all the studies had mostly been with at, uh, with adults. Oh, sorry. sorry, sorry, have to turn that off. I'm it's sorry. Totally fine. I think that's the first time it's actually happened in any of our um, recordings. Really? <laughs> I am so sorry. No, it, it brings up the challenge of working remotely, doesn't it? You know these things. It happen. does. It mm. does. But anyway, so what I wanted to do is to take all this great knowledge that was emerging within the field of positive psychology and say, can we actually apply this to children? Hmm. So, um, and nothing had been like, no interventions had been written yet. And so I, I was then working as a teacher as well. And so with my classes and the parents, I started developing exercises based on on the research done with adults and I wrote my first book uh, which was actually elaborated and came about working with 
the children and the parents and getting feedback and and it's called my happy book uh, my happy book 25 exercises for happier children and parents and uh and so um which has it's it's really based on it has five themes um uh, you know focus on the positive which would be like um optimism and focusing on the positive the whole uh, re resource based um uh, approach or perspective it works with strength it works with altruism doing making a difference in other people's lives with uh, gratitude and so there are 25 exercises that actually um builds up the the knowledge of the children but very very practical and written as a as a hands-on very hands-on book so when i had to do my thesis for the masters in educational psychology i i made it the intervention and so we did this intervention uh on a two-month period where this book was actually just given to teachers and classes and these were all five uh, third fourth and fifth graders and um and it ended it, it actually ended up being such a great number of participants that the whole study became representative for the age group 9 to 12 years old and i worked with a mixed method um approach to the study so we measured optimism level using the cask um, um measure which was developed by richard tannenbaum and nadine casco students of seligman and i used another um measurement on self-esteem uh, where you measure self-esteem but self-perception on seven different parameters you measure like how do i think i look what is my uh, do i think i'm smart what is my relationship to friends to family so actually on seven different parameters and then i did qualitative interviews with this with the kids as well and and i did practice portrait inspired um questionnaires for the the teachers and also the parents so it was quite a large study uh, involving a lot of people but it was also very significant the results that we got um, because when you measured when we measured the self-esteem or like the self-perception if we really looked at what there was a general rise in all the numbers in got a higher and more positive self-perception but when we looked at are some of the students who are there some students that profit more and it was actually the students that in the before study or measurement had very low self-esteem on the standing score which is a score the measure that you use they were from one to four you know like having the negative self-perception and and actually they um in general in in average they had a um a positive development uh equaling 194 percent so which was really significant mm. and on optimism level it was the same the ones with the negative thinking patterns uh, or very negative pessimistic thinking patterns uh, yeah pessimistic or even very pessimistic they averaged um in general or in in average 82 percent so so these were actually quite significant results and so we 
did write an article about it and that became the start of my line of work really um so and and all this this that my happy book is now also uh we developed like a teacher's guide a student book and a workbook and after that i've just written a bunch of materials uh on working with strength all very very hands-on having this being a teacher originally <laughs> like really uh i think is an advantage here because it's you know i do work with how to plan the lesson and options and knowing what it's like to be out there with 28 students you know fooling around in a classroom so um yeah and fortunately all these materials have been endorsed by the national board of uh, health in denmark and the national board of social services and uh, the psychiatrical foundation so it's it's amounted to strength games and strength books and and some of them are actually now both in French and in English. So, um, yeah. And so finally it was like, why don't you do a PhD? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I did an intervention uh, for a year in the PhD working with, uh, based on the whole framework of positive education, uh, really trying to broaden well-being and say, what's m something that's more than well-being? that's also uh, resilience but actually you know like how to cope with life in general which has a danish word called life doability um, because it it and life doability has this double agency where it's about you uh, creating a life for you or designing a life for you that is doable that that you are able to do and on the other hand life being actually doable do you get my point so whereas when we talk about uh coping skills life coping skills life skills it's like there's a life out there that i have no impact on and i just need the skills to learn to to live that life whereas when we talk about life doability there's also this there's this double agency i call it where it's also about life being actually doable and you choosing a life that is doable for you you know saying we don't necessarily need to live the same life all of us whereas when we talk school and education it's like we, we educate our children and adolescents to go out and live the same life do you get my point Whereas yeah. I'm like, it's no, it, it has to do with your core values. It has to do with what are your strengths, what brings well-being to your life. And then, you know, from, I mean, we live in an age where you can pick and choose. I mean, life is so full of possibilities that once you, you know your strengths and what brings well-being to you and, and your core values and all that, I mean, then you you design a life out there that is doable, that is attractive for you to do. So that's the whole point of, of um, so I'm really interested in your input on this, this, uh, well, you can see it's a concept, but it, it's, it's become a construct as well, as I've really dug into it and, and is now putting together an online platform with a, 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 a catalog, like a program teaching 
doability, life doability, uh, based on the whole positive education framework. Um, so let me hear about what you think about this this uh, construct or this concept of life doability. <laughs> I think Kesh is um, is trying to say something, but we're not hearing anything he's saying. He's he's actually Sorry. speechless after that. <laughs> <laughs> I let you speechless. Um, no. <laughs> I, I muted. Uh, I muted my mic. Um, sorry, I've, I've got so much, so many things to say. Uh, but I, I feel like um, there, there was so much there, and I just want to go back because I know not, not a lot, and not some of our listeners might not be academics. Right. So let's just clarify, Louise is a PhD doctor, not an MD doctor. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and there seems to be, you know, a lot of amazing work that you've done. But a common thread that's been underlying all of that is what allows kids to thrive. Um, and can we teach that to them? Yeah. And your master's thesis, if I can simplify it, even though it was a very big project, uh, seems to have found that kids that are thriving can thrive more and kids that aren't thriving they're the ones that benefit the most from you know happiness exercises is that yes really yes. simple yep. Spot on. yeah and that's taken you to this new concept of life doability which i'm really interested in and i think it has links to some of the work of lindsay odes and thrivability theory um also some of um what jess taylor was talking about in response ability and responsibility yeah. Yeah. yeah but before i tap into that i actually think that it might be beneficial to explore this idea through a case study yeah mm -hmm. how does how does your construct of life doability um how is it helping or how is it being applied to kids that are going through covid right now um in the way that you're seeing it yes it's um <clears throat> so when you look at the concept, I mean, I dug into, um, as a, you know, the whole history of it, where it was based on how school was to teach, um, like life uh, or teach about life and how to live life, and so it's really it comes down to three components or three three aspects, and what you would call personal character, uh, social competencies and cognitive competencies and so so and within those fields i mean and they all you know intertwine with one another but it's really to focus on you know saying your personal uh, strengths or your personal character uh, or personal traits has to do with who am i what are my core values and it's really where the application of the strength, the 24 via strength is essential or essential in working with like, who am I? But also, what do I thrive from? If we talk, if we spot on, um, um, look at some of Sonia Lubomirsky's work on happiness enhancing factors and different strategies to, to um, apply well-being into your life through actual hands-on exercises um that would be in that area and then we have of course the social competencies uh which is um you know like mentalization empathy um 
taking other people's perspective, but also interaction, communication, lots of things is, are in that category. And then the cognitive competencies really have to do with also what you could say, uh, referring to school, like all the subjects, all the knowledge, but also how does my brain work? You know, why do I need to sleep? Why is that important? And, and thinking patterns and all what you would say coping, how do you uh, cognitively cope? Well, you know, how, what do you think and how do you cope? How do you, what are the strategies that you use when coping uh, with like COVID-19? So, um, so how could, you know, we could apply different exercises from each of the three categories in in um say like construct a case where you have a kid or an adolescent like well what's going to happen with my exam i can't finish or what do i do or does it gonna hit me all the anxiety that some kids are feeling right now uh, missing their friends and and all that so it i think the importance here is i've actually made a program for each of my kids to <laughs> every day do a little exercise based on what is your strategy to more well-being so you know Sonia Lopimiskin works with the 12 different strategies whereas four of them would apply mostly to you and so depending on which is your strategy or which are your strategies you know do little exercises 20 minute 30 minutes exercises every day to just fill up that account um to fill up your know you know your resilience account or your joy account i see it like every time we do exercises that brings us joy that generates positive emotions it's like you just it's like I have this, I have a like at my bank account, my joy account here. It's like you think of it as a bank account. It's like you deposit, you, as you would put money into a bank account, you put well-being into your personal account. And that's what really balances that you, you know, you uh, prevent uh, depression and the anxiety because you have more to, um what's that in english um it's like you're upholstered do you get my point or i don't know if i explain myself so that could be actual exercises where on the social competencies i think it's very important that we're all experiences being experiencing being together uh in new ways i think our kids and adolescents are more more than we are used to seeing each other FaceTime and all that. But now it's like all we have, you know. So it's really also working with, uh, with developing your social competencies, uh, being on digital platforms and, and how to uh, dose that in, you know, how to be social, but with a distance. <laughs> And the cognitive competencies, I think, really has to do with also how to learn on these new platforms, as much of the schooling now is being done, uh, like in Zoom meetings and on different platforms. So it's really also about how to learn differently than when in the classroom. 
it's also like how does my brain work why is it important to keep a structure you know everybody's saying you know it's so important that you get up every morning and you you have a structured day uh whereas you know the first week that was really a theme here in denmark that all kids would just sleep in late and you know the whole cycle of the day would you know you stay up and watch movies all night you don't have to get up the next day and so why is it important for our body our system our brains to you know to get your sleep to have a routine and things like that so so from the crisis i think if we really put you know our attention to it we could learn so much uh from it you know as to how does my brain work why is it important to have a structure not just tell the kids you know you need to get up every morning because if you don't explain why it seems ridiculous you know why can't i just sleep in late i was watching a movie till three o'clock you know um so really take the opportunity from the COVID 19 and 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 learn from that yeah <laughs> so again if i can butcher and simplify uh, a vast amount of knowledge that you just put out there you know I kind of, there is this idea that happiness kind of happens to you, right? And mm, yeah. it's prevalent across um, our societies and the way that we think. Uh, but what you're kind of getting at here with the three components and life doability is mm -hmm. happiness has core components or skills. And it's kind of like a video game. Like if you, you know, do the levels, you can level them up. You know, you can build up your bars um, you know, if you do the exercises and you do your practice. Uh, and it does have a little bit of a, uh, a resonance or a similarity to some of the work that Lindsay's been doing in capability theory. So competency, capability, um, some people say yeah. responsibility. But basically, do you have the skills to be able to take care of your well-being, right? And yeah. that's what you're kind of outlining here and what you've sort of been playing with with your 25 exercises and this doability model, right? Um, but it comes down to two things. First off, do you have the ability to do that? And second, do you have the freedom to do that? So like you're saying, mm -hmm. um, with doability theory, there's that double agency where first off, I need to have the skills, but second off, life has to allow me. Because um, if I yes. have the skills, for whatever reason there might be oppression or you know i don't have the resources available then i can't live that life and i i have to be able to grow the life that i have right mm -hmm. that's kind of like what covid 19 is bringing out right now what i've seen throughout these conversations is we've been talking to a lot of people that are similar like us and they seem mm -hmm. to have a lot of the well-being skills and they're able to bring that out um, and have the freedom to uh sort of do that although the freedom is limited at the moment because COVID-19, yes. whereas some people don't have the skills and the freedom is limited and then they seem to be doing so much worse, right? Mm. So I guess, you know, what's coming out of that is you do have simple exercises that can help people build these well-being capabilities and they've been proven to work, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I also know that, you know, we're kind of running out of time. It's amazing to me how short all of this stuff is. Um, is there anything, you know, that we haven't touched on that you think is really important that you want to tell people before we have to wrap up? I, 
I just want to give one really nice exercise that I think everyone can do. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, when you look in the mirror every day in the morning, you know, get that very nice eye contact with yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what can I do today to make you happy? I, I love that. I love that, Louise. Um, it brings back a memory of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, um, Cool Runnings. Uh, very different activity that they do in that one. But um, I really like the idea of looking yourself in the mirror and, um, and having some sort of self-conversation. Um, yeah. Is that something that you include in, in your own daily routine? Yes, I do. <laughs> I yeah. look at, you know, I would phrase you know, and the day and myself and, you know, have this conversation with myself about what can I do? And also, I mean, it might, to some people think, you know, seem a little crazy that you stand there and you talk to yourself. But even though when you have negative thoughts about yourself, how, you know, we judge ourselves very much and I didn't do this, I didn't do that. I can't, you know, and all this never negative self-talk, um, you know, look in your mirror, in the mirror, and and be your your own best friend would you ever talk to your best friend like you talk to yourself in your head so and you know talking to that image of yourself in the mirror just really makes it very hands-on that you're like what am i saying <laughs> to myself what am i actually saying in out loud words to who's supposed to be my best friend you're supposed to be my best friend you like you you know you tell yourself in the mirror you're supposed to be my best friend and you tell me this you know so so actually even though it might seem weird to some people i think self conversation is is uh is very good and very accessible for everyone yeah yeah great advice uh, louise i, I love <laughs> you to take on that talking to yourself in the mirror um <laughs> I'll give it a go myself, but uh, I think um, at the minimum, it's good just to recognise that voice in your head, isn't it? Whether you um, mm. actually go and um, speak out loud to, to tell it to be quiet or not, the first step, I think, is recognising it. So yeah, um, that's something um, maybe other people can try as well. We really are over time now, Louise, unfortunately. It's Sorry. been great to hear from you. Um, lots of information there for us and, and all our guests. We're really appreciative of your time and, and that you're able to come and share that with us. We've got 101 or 1,001 extra questions, but uh, yeah, we, we re really do need to say goodbye now. So thanks yeah. for your time. Well, thank you. It's thank you great. very much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Kesh and Grigsy. And we'll see you next time. Uh, but until then, you stay healthy, world.